That was awesome. Hey, if you want more of that, I don't know, I just found this out. So if you go to YouTube and search for Grace Church L-Y-H, we have our own channel, and there are 130 videos of our worship team there, so you can rock it at home if, if you want to so do, which I did this morning, and it was amazing. It was so much fun. Thanks to Adam for putting those together. He's, he's been doing amazing stuff. Um, we are going to go back to Second uh, Timothy this morning, and we're going to talk about vessels. Whether you believe it or not, you are a vessel, a vessel for something. Um, and we're going we're to explore that this morning, but we're going to do it in the context of what Paul tes, says to Timothy in, in chapter 2. And remember, last week we had talked about how um, some people were upsetting the faith of others. There were two men in particular, and the things that they were saying were, were distracting and, and dis- disheartening, and some people were being actually affected by that. It was hurting their faith, their confidence. And so this is, you know, Paul doesn't leave it there. He goes on to this next section, and that's what we're going to look at. So would you just ask the Lord to teach you this morning? Ask him to show you what you need to see in this passage. We're just going to look at three verses. But would you just ask him to teach you, and then I'll pray for us, and we'll dig in together. Lord, what you have to say to us this morning in in Paul's letter is so, so powerful. I pray we'd be able to receive uh, what you have for us and that each of us would receive it. I ask this in in Jesus' name. Amen. So the next verse, the very next thing, he, he talks about upsetting the faith of some. The very next thing that Paul says is, nevertheless, so in contrast to that, nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. So there's three thoughts there. The firm foundation of God stands, and then the Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. So we're going to talk about all three of those things. Okay, so let's talk about the firm foundation. Sometimes it's easy to feel like things are shaky. I mean, this past year, I hate to keep bringing that up, but this past year, weren't you sometimes in a situation where it's like, who to believe? Like, I don't know what the truth is. And sometimes we can get into these conversations where it gets confusing. People who love Jesus, who know Jesus, sometimes disagree about theological things, right? And, and when you think about it, how could we expect as finite human beings understanding completely an infinite God? The psalmist tells us that your greatness is unsearchable. So obviously, none of us is going to contain like an exact, full understanding of everything. But there are core truths that are orthodox, 
You know, the Apostles' Creed, for example. I believe, in, I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth. We have a song that talks about that. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. And so there are root, confident truths that are firm. And because of that, we have a stability to build off of. Now, you know, you start talking about Revelation, and just think about how many different interpretations there are of Revelation out there. And, you, and your mind begins to get numb. But that doesn't change the fact that although people kind of are confused about, you know, lots of different opinions, the core truth remains. I remind you that there was all these prophecies that of, come, of the coming Messiah. And the Jewish leaders of Jesus' day had those all, and yet they still missed it. They didn't get it. So... But we shouldn't let any of that distract us from the fact that there is this firm foundation. And the firm foundation is sealed. So we have a testimony that it's true, you know, like a seal on a letter that this is actually from the person that it's coming from. The seal is rooted in two statements. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. So let's talk about the Lord knows those who are his. Salvation is God's work. You can study the scriptures, and if you, if you have ever taken a theology class, you know that, that theologians come up with words like, like um, justification, and sanctification, and glorification, and, and you have all these definitions to try to describe the amazing work that, that God does in our life. And so we could, we could talk about all of those things, but at the root of it, it's God does this work that gives us new life. This is God's work. And, and he knows those who are his. So we don't, we can rest in that. There's a security in that. I'm not trying to earn my salvation I am not trying to impress God. I am simply receiving through faith these amazing things that he has done. It is his work. And he knows me. And he knows you. So there's this firm foundation, and Paul is reminding them that this is God's work. Remember, they've been upset. This is a church where they've been upset by these false teachers. And and they're kind of, you know, bothered and Paul just says nevertheless just step back a minute think about this this is we have a firm foundation in in Ephesians Paul says that the church is built on this foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus being the cornerstone the church is going to exist in eternity it doesn't go out of existence it doesn't fail it doesn't falter yeah people will make mistakes there are ups and downs but God is at work and he completes it and then the second part of this is this statement that everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. So, as we think about that, we realize that as followers of Jesus, there's something that happens. And we begin to look at the world differently. So, this is not 
they abstain from wickedness with this kind of legalistic mindset that they are worried that God is going to punish them and that the only reason you don't do wickedness is because you're worried about punishment. That's, that's not the perspective. The perspective is we recognize wickedness for what it is. We recognize that wickedness has evil fruit, that the consequences of wickedness don't benefit. And because we recognize that, we turn away from it. Not because, again, this is not out of a fear of punishment, but we see the, 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 the valuelessness of it. And, and we don't want a part of that. So this is where Paul goes into, he goes into uh, a, a metaphor. So the next verse, he says, Now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. So just think about your house. How many containers do you have in your house? I bet you've got a lot. You know, you probably have some really nice china that you use at Thanksgiving and Christmas and, you know, nice parties, but you do not let your children play with them in the backyard, right? And then you probably have some everyday dishes, right? And then you probably have some containers that you put things in to store in the attic. And you probably have some stuff that you put things in to take to the dump, right? So we all have different kinds of containers. And, and when Paul says this, some to honor and some to dishonor, he's not necessarily saying that some of those vessels that are dishonored, it's like they're necessary. You've got to have something to take stuff to the dump in, right? So that's, that's not a bad thing to have. You're just not going to you know, use it for dinner, right? So then he says... Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. So I thought it might be good for us to think just a little bit more about that. So I brought two bowls. This is one from my cupboard. And, and I have had oatmeal in this bowl. This is one from my workshop. I got it free someplace. I have no idea. I don't remember. I got it free. It's plastic. And I, I was looking at the bottom, and I think it glows in the dark. Like if you put it up to the light, you know. I've, I've never tried that. I should, maybe I should try that sometime. But um, I have, there's glue in it. You know, you're like, we all use glue. There's nothing, you know, I mean, it's sticky and it serves a purpose, right? It's not poisonous, but there's glue in this. I'm not going to use this for my oatmeal, right? And I'm probably not going to, you know, try to take it up to the, to the kitchen sink and truly, truly cleanse it to try to use it for oatmeal. And that's the kind of thing that Paul is talking about, that when we are followers of Jesus, we recognize that as containers, we are affected by what fills us. Okay. Let's, let's go in a different direction. So, 
toothbrushes. Now, toothbrushes are very useful things. This came off my workbench. You know, there are times when there are things you want to clean and it's kind of hard to get in the cracks, right? And so you can use this to scrub like a crack in the floor or you can use this to, you know, something that you're working on. This is a toothbrush that has not yet been opened. Which would you like to brush your teeth with? Right? I mean, they both serve youthful purposes, but, but I, I brought another brush from home. Again, this is a very useful brush. I imagine that you all have one of these in your house. And that's a good thing, right? It serves a useful purpose. But you are not going to brush your teeth with this. Correct? I hope. So when Paul talks about cleansing ourselves, we need to recognize... I probably shouldn't wave this around anymore. <laughs> um, we need to recognize that as we begin to understand this, what we fill ourselves with comes out. What you fill yourself with affects you. Remember last week I talked about how our lives run in the course of our strongest thoughts. And when we fill ourselves with things that aren't good, that eventually comes out in the way we think and live. I read a blog by a pastor uh, once who was talking about how the fact that he'd gotten addicted to a show and he realized that the more he watched it because of the themes in that television show his mind started to go in dark places he began to have dark thoughts it was affecting him you you are a vessel what you put in affects you what you drink in affects you and so what we want to be is to cleanse ourselves from those things so that we can be a vessel of honor, that God can use us, that people can drink from our lives or be around us, and the good things that God has put in us come out rather than the bad stuff. And part of our, part of our, our struggle is we don't see sin in the right kinds of ways. So I just want you to think about food for a minute. Imagine as a parent that you have prepared a wonderful meal and your children, instead of sitting at the table with you, you find them out in the backyard rooting through a garbage can to pull scraps of food that have been discarded. Wouldn't you be like, what are you thinking? And what are you doing? And I realize that there are people in broken places of the world where that's what they do for food, and it should make us sad. And that's the, spiritually, God is providing this banquet for us to drink from of truth. And when we don't, we fail. We fail and we fill ourselves with things that are less than the beauty and the wonder of what God has for us. So when Paul makes this statement that the firm foundation exists and it's sealed by these two things, he's pointing us in the direction of there is a work of God. There's a work that God does in our life that brings us and gives us this wonderful new life. But there's also a response that we have. 
we respond to this with joy and delight and drink from the wells of God's delight and drink from the, the good things of life and fill ourselves up with those things so that as a vessel, when someone bumps into you, what spills out are those good things. So I want to just challenge you with four thoughts. First, I want you to recognize that God is at work. We may not understand everything in the Bible. We may not understand every nuance of prophecy. But God is not confused for one minute. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly when he's going to do it. And he is accomplishing this purpose. We read the end of the book, God wins. And our future is secure in him. Jesus said, you're going to have tribulation. It doesn't mean we aren't going to have some challenges or difficulties. But we shouldn't look at those as some kind of roadblock or barrier to God doing what he wants to do. Our firm foundation is that we believe in the God who created the universe and is working all things according to his will to bring us into eternity with him. And that is amazing. Don't let the fear that is so dominant in our culture and so dominant for us as human beings take advantage of your hearts and your minds. Second, embrace that you are a vessel. Recognize that you are filled with something and you have an active choice to make about what you're going to fill yourself with. You can allow yourself to be filled randomly by whatever you encounter or you can be intentional about drinking from good sources to fill your life with good things. And then cleanse whatever needs to be cleansed. Again, this is not about cleansing ourselves so that God will accept us. We are accepted because of what Jesus has done. We are not trying to earn God's favor. We are trying to respond to God by wanting to be filled with all the things that he wants to fill us with. So, maybe you need to go to Psalm 51. There's some wonderful confession there. Part of the way we cleanse ourselves is to confess. Sometimes we need to confess to another person. Sometimes we need to confess just to God. Sometimes we need to make it right with a person because of a broken relationship. But cleanse yourself of the things that hinder you from following God. Maybe you are like this pastor that I read about where you've been watching something and it's not helpful to your deep walk with God. It may not be an evil thing, it's just not a good thing. So cleanse what needs to be cleansed. And then, what does it say? It says that we are useful to the master. You see, not only is God doing a work, he invites you to be a part of that work. He invites you to participate with him in what he is doing in the world. The God of the universe who made everything we see, who is in charge of everything, invites you to participate with him in the good things he is doing. There is work, beautiful work, good work that he has prepared beforehand for you. And part of our cleansing ourselves as vessels is to be able to even see it so that we recognize it when we encounter it. And we are filled with good things to have the resources to be able to do something about it. This is a powerful picture. 
that part of the way we give evidence, part of the way we proclaim that God is in charge, part of the seal that our foundation is firm, that the church is what it is, is by recognizing it's God's work, but then recognizing we have a work to do, and how we fill ourselves matters. And when we fill ourselves with good things, we are prepared and ready. Let me pray. Oh, and next week, we are going to talk about even more how you are better at um, filling yourself so you don't want to miss next Sunday. Um, Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for this good word. Lord, we don't want to be eating at the garbage can. We want to be filling our hearts and our minds with you. So, Lord, guide us into this truth. May we not be dismayed by the things we see around us. May we recognize that no matter how shaky the world around us seems to be, no matter how much weird things come at us from all different sources, that you are still in control and that we can relax and trust you and follow you into all the places you lead us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.